Hello and welcome to a week late episode of World One Stage One, a retro video game podcast. We're sorry. I am Simon and with me as ever is Jack. Hello. And as a special treat, we have a special co-host, Rob. Hello. Hi. Rob is our friend from well <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Who lives currently in Coventry. I don't be smuggled like that. It's fine. <laughs> Coventry. It's fine. Coventry is the place we send people we hate. Yes. And Churchill allowed it to be bombed to the ground. Bastard Churchill. Of that. He won the war. We, yeah, but now everyone in Coventry, well, born in Coventry, is inbred. I hope no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> is everyone who was born in Coventry inbred? No, that's not a true. Half of the people who born in Coventry inbred. <laughs> um, I'll stop. That's sorry. a good start. Sorry. It's worse sorry. than Forrester Dean, then. No, 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 no that's, that's worse. Bing, 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 bing. Any Forrester Dean listeners, then um, you won't be able to find us. So it's cool. Fuck you. Yeah, they don't have the internet in the forest. And they won't be able to pass their teeth. No. I'll be allowed to swear, by the way. Oh, fuck yes. Good. (laughs) Oh, good golly, yes. I I don't think we've had an episode yet where we didn't swear. We tried very hard for gold next. Of course, you realise Rob's just admitted instantly that he doesn't listen, which is quite funny. What? (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think of our, our last episode, Rob? It was inspiring. Uh, it was about Golden Axe, yes. <laughs> well, it was inspiring and about Golden Axe. Well, it was. It's a better review than the guy who has listened to us on iTunes. What's his name? Uh, Captain Salami. Nice name, Salami. Dick. Dick. <laughs> I hope he's not going to give us another review now. <laughs> he's we're joking. We're joking. We love you. You guys are speaking so loud. I'm sorry. He's so enti- he's entirely entitled to his opinion. Oh, no, we were just joking. We were just joking. And he'll be quite delighted in that we're actually not going to have a, an official crap section this week because we're talking about Doom. You had an official crap. I just thought it just... Oh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was official. Oh, cool. Yeah. It, well, it was legislated and... and yeah, it was massive. I suppose once you make it official, it kind of takes away the fun out of it, really. Yeah. So. It was when we did try to struggle to think of crap to sort of talk about. <laughs> I think one. we can go to the, the original format... Uh, that we sort of had in episode zero, where we don't officially talk about crap, but we do end up anyway. Yeah. In the course zero. of the episode. Episode zero, yes. It's just not one, two. No, no, no. We've, Ep- we've been over this. I did it to confuse Jack. Yeah. Oh, God, this is episode five. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. It's not episode five. It's episode four. Yeah. Um, so it's New Hope. Yes. Cool. And Rob is a huge Star Wars fan, and that'll doubtless come up. Yeah. Star Wars fans, ace. I don't know why I pointed at the mic then. <laughs> No, yeah, you, we've actually covered that as well, how yeah. you end up gesturing even though no one can see you. <laughs> we'll take a brief break whilst Harvey is sick. Harvey? And we're back. Hello, sorry, hello. hello. And that's the phone. Another <laughs> brief break. And we're back again. Hello. hello. We, we maintain a high standard of professionalism around here. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We also have a small cat Hello, that uh, vomited a small hairy sausage upon our carpet. Our carpet? Not my carpet. Not any of our carpet. Not any of our carpet. Rowan's carpet. Rowan's carpet. But yes, yeah. cat vomit, phone calls, we're back. So I think now is about time where we start mentioning what we're talking about this week. Which is... Doom. Doom! Yes, Doom! Doom! As the, uh, the special intro music should have given away. What? <laughs> No. Oh yes, I didn't hear that. Sorry, we, we did. We didn't listen to the intro music. You see, we're going to edit it and, and put the intro music. Yeah, in yeah, first. yes. Cool. That, I add that after we're done recording. Yes, we should get in the spirit of it. <laughs> High standard of professionalism. Cool. But yes, we're talking about Doom, the early '90s id software release, and '92, I believe. Id, of course, best known for well, two really. Yeah. But also known for Wolfenstein, Quake, Quake, and id Tech Five. <laughs> just released at the Mac Worldwide Developers Conference. It looks Which looks absolutely gorgeous. It really does. As uh, I think it was Joystick said, drown in its shininess. Yeah. Although uh, I have heard it said, and I tend to agree with them, have you seen Motorstorm, the racing game on the PS3? Yes. Yeah. Part. I've seen video. I've not played it myself. The level that they're showing off for the Tech 5 engine kind of looks like a Motorstorm track. Yeah. Hmm. Apart from the interior bit. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. But yeah, I... I heard that said, and then I saw the video, and I thought, yeah, I can see what you mean, actually. I'll, I'll be right back. Okay. High standard of professionalism. Anyway, in Jack's absence. In Jack's absence. In Jack's absence, yes. Doom. Doom. Good boy. Harvey. A wonderful game full of narrow, hellish corridors and explosions. 
Yeah. Well, fire. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, um, and The Rock. And The Rock. No, the we shall not mention that. <laughs> well, we have done. Oh. The cat's out the bag now. We've mentioned The Rock. It was Dwayne, a... as he's also known. It just annoyed me, because that was such a good source material of Doom. And that happened. Yeah. For those who haven't seen Doom, don't. Okay? Yeah, the, the movie, movie is... Bad. It's bollocks. <laughs> we don't like the movie here. No. No. None of us this establishment. Yes, id. Id are quite legendary. And Doom was back at their peak when it was the two Johns heading up the company, Carmack and Romero. No relation to Zombie Man. No. None at all. Or, uh, although John Romero does believe himself to be a rock star. Uh-huh. Walking around in his long leather trench coat, his long hair, his sunglasses... And exactly what reference does that have to, to the zombie man, George Romero? I'm just insulting John Romero. No, that's, really, that's fair enough. John yeah. Romero's a, a bit of a dick. Yeah, fair enough. He's, he's, not, he's not that bad, actually. I mean, he's an alright guy. He's got some great ideas. But as Daikatana showed, you do need more than an idea to make a good game. You've met him, haven't you? Briefly at E3, yeah. I, I doubt if you asked John Romero if he'd met me, that he'd go, oh, yeah, no, I, I, know, I know the guy you mean. He probably wouldn't remember me, no, but I've met him. There's probably a specific reason for that, isn't there? In that John Romero meets thousands of people at yeah. EG3 every year, and I was just one amongst a horde of nameless journalists. What did you say to him? Um, not a lot, actually, because this was kind of around the period that Daikatana had come out, and I was too embarrassed to talk to him because I knew I'd have to insult him because Daikatana was shit. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, have you ever played Daikatana? I haven't. I have. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. How can you talk to John Romero just after Daikatana's come out and be complimentary? Well, what was bad about it? Well, basically... It's on the computer, we'll show you afterwards. Yeah, we will show you. No, you've got to tell the viewers. Uh, I'm, I'm now going to tell you. Good. <clears throat> he left it pretty much after Quake was made. Yeah. Now, Quake was a departure of interest between two factions in it. Basically, John Romero had all these fantastic visions for what he wanted to be able to do in Quake, rip off enemies' limbs and beat them to death with the wet end, have huge flying dragons and gouts of flame coming from their mouths, doing real-time lighting and shadows, casting a shadow all the way down the corridor and things like that. And, yeah, nowadays these things look great in video games, but back then the engine wasn't capable of it. And John Romero got sick of what he saw as John Carmack saying, no, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that when John Carmack was just trying to explain what is actually possible, and John Romero was thinking he was just not wanting to put the effort in, essentially. So Romero left it and formed uh, his own software company, Ironstorm, and he took out magazine ads saying, in six months, Romero will make you his bitch, which some would call arrogance. Some? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't call it anything but arrogance. Romero probably wouldn't. Good but. advertising, he'd call it. Yeah, he would call it marketing. But the general principle was that they'd left... (laughs) He'd left it taking away the Quake engine with him. And... I was joking, you can have marshmallows. You can have marshmallows. Cool. He left it taking the Quake engine with him. And he thought, well, I've got the game engine. It won't take me more than six months to build a new game with it. And he founded Ionstorm, the company with the message that design is king. Design is the only thing that matters. And all the programmers answered to the designers... Programmers weren't allowed to say, that's not possible. They had to find a way to do things. So he comes up with this design document for this game, Daikatana. And the programmers, because they're not allowed to say, that's not possible, sit there and try and make it possible. Uh, Six months come and gone, the game's not out. Big surprise. Mm -hmm. A year come and gone, the game's not out. Three years come and gone, the game's not out. Five years come and gone, the game's not out. It took about seven years to make Daikatana. Oh, dear. And in all that time, because design was king, not the programmers, they hadn't developed a new graphics engine. So when Id was showing off Quake 3, with, ironically, all the real-time lighting and everything (laughs) that John Romero wanted in the first place, Romero released a game based on the Quake engine, which now looked, well, seven years out of date, and it wasn't that great. It's no one enjoyed it. Dated now, though, isn't it? Horribly dated. Hor- it was horribly dated when it came out. Yeah. That's the thing. It was horribly dated. Brand new. This, this is the thing. Daikasana was horribly dated and old-fashioned and crap before it was released. Yeah. Yes. Put it this way, it was such a failure 
that the company changed the name from Daikatana to John Romero's Daikatana just so everyone knew where to put the blame. Yeah, to hang the blame up on him. Yeah. Good move. Good move, I'd say. And during the seven years that they were developing this, they opened another office. There was another Ion Storm office opened up. And that one was in the hands of Warren Spector, and he made a little game called Deus Ex. <laughs> which was conceived, developed, and released in an area in the middle of Daikatana's development, so the whole game took less time than Daikatana, the six-month game. And Deus Ex, of course, was Game of the Year, and it was so successful that John Romero's own company shut down John Romero's branch of the office and kept Warren Spector's open. <laughs> <laughs> which is why John Romero is now making games for the Game Boy Advance. That is the classical look of, of Shafted. Yeah. So totally. deserved, I think. I think he did. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's a legend. He is a legend, and he is responsible in part for Doom. Doom. And so we can't take that away from the guy. And he's there's not that many with as much imagination as he's got. No, absolutely. And when the game engines catch up with him, I mean, I think now if he went back to id with id tech five that they're showing off, mm. and Romero starts coming up with his visions again. Carmack would say, well, of course we can do that, and we'd get a great game out of it, but they're never going to work. And then Romero would drop dead of shock. Yes. They're on speaking terms again, Mm. but they're never going to work together again, we just need to accept that. And So he's one half of the minds behind Doom. I mean, there was a lot of people worked on this, of course. Yeah. But the the two cores were John Romero and John Carmack. So you've got John Romero, who is the rock star, we're going to fuck the world, we're amazing, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, ideas guy. And then there's John Carmack, who is the... The quiet guy who locks himself in his office for months at a time. And it, there's a joke that went round the id software house that John Carmack's entire diet consisted of flat food because it was only whatever you could slip under the door to him whilst he was locked away programming. <laughs> and these two guys combined to make one of the most legendary games of all time, Doom. And weird things about id, like uh, the name id. Do you know where the name id comes from? I always thought they were just... On about imagination and the, the brain id. I, I do, but that's only because you've told me. So the Shakespearean id, the sort of the monsters from the id oh, of the Tempest. Sure. No, it's not that. And some people think it's id, as in identification. It's not that either. It actually comes from a uh, game of Dungeons and Dragons that they played. Oh, really? And this tells you a lot about the, the split between John Carmack and John Romero. Is They played a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons back when they were... Oh, they were kids when they were working on Wolfenstein and other games before that. I mean, they were sort of our age, younger than me, substantially, and a little bit older than you guys. And they were sharing a house, and in their off time, they were playing this big campaign of Dungeons & Dragons. And Carmack was the uh, guy running the game. He'd spent, like, three months planning this campaign, and they'd been playing it for six months. And in this game, the players had given themselves the group name of Heroes in Demand, and ID stands for In Demand. So they're actually In Demand games. That's awesome. It is awesome. But this game... It it shows you exactly how Carmack and Romero are, The two different ways they think. Because in this game, there was an item of ultimate power... Really, it's, the, you know, the god-slaying sword, oh, which yeah. incidentally was referred to as the Daikatana, which is where Romero got the name. Oh, fantastic. And this could be used to go up against the ultimate bad guy in this Dungeons & Dragons game, whose name happened to be Quake. <laughs> ah! Yes, yeah, oh, so you can wow. see where a lot of it comes from. What a fantastic... Yeah. But Romero's character in this Dungeons & Dragons game is offered a choice. He can have the Daikatana. There's a demon offering to give him the Daikatana, the Sword of Ultimate Power, in exchange for an item which is no use to the players, but it has been made very clear to them that if this demon gets hold of this item, there's a good chance that world will end. Instantly. <laughs> and Romero, being the guy who thinks about the big vision, the, the end game, the, the big picture, says, well, Carmack's been working on this for three months and running it for six, he's not going to fuck the whole game up on the roll of a dice. I'm going to make the trade. I'm going to get the sword. Carmack, unfortunately, is all about logic, rules, and the complexity of the world. Rolls the dice. Yes, the world ends. That's it. Campaign over. <laughs> and that's that the way these six, two things... Three months of writing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Four, and six months of gaming. And six months of gaming, yeah. <clears throat> and that's how these guys think. Incidentally, in our vampire campaign, yes. would, if someone did get, have a chance to fuck it up like that, 
would you stop them or would you, you know, let it go on a roll of a dice? If it came down to the roll of a dice, it would go to the roll of a dice. Fair enough. I would do everything in my power to, to stop, it, stop getting it, it getting to that point. Mm. But once it gets to that point, that's it, world over. And that may actually occur. Oh, dear. Okay. <clears throat> that was never good. <laughs> See, I, I don't know if I had the courage to do that. <laughs> I spent so long writing. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we know where the name Quake came from. We know where the game name Daikatana came from. Where do you think the name Doom came from for this game? Is that the name of the big demon? No. No? Okay. This is a really weird one, and I don't know how anyone could guess this. It's named after Tom Cruise's custom pool stick in Colour of Money. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. Yep. John Carmack has said John Carmack has said that there is a scene in Colour of Money where there's a pool game and Tom Cruise walks in with a custom pool cue. And someone says, you know, what do you got there looking at this case? And he goes Doom. And he said, that's how... Well, it may have been Romero, actually. It's a very Romero thing to say. He said, that's how I saw us. That's how I saw id Software. How we were going to rock the world. Uh, the that attitude of walking in there and just kicking ass. So it's with called Doom. Cue. With a pool cue. <laughs> it's named after a pool cue. They should have had um, maybe a small Easter egg or something in, in the game. A there. weapon. That, or, or a weapon. Oh, that, would that could have been a pool cue. Yeah, they could, have on it. they could have done That would have been awesome. But yeah, I mean, this is a game where there's, there's so much story behind it. I mean, largely because I've actually read Masters of Doom, which is a book I do recommend. It's about id Software and their history up to the split and then on what they did after the split. There's, there's a lot of story behind Doom. There is also not a lot of story in Doom. No, no it's <laughs> typical of its tradition of writing a kick-ass game, then when they finished it, played it through and completed it, gone, now what was that all about? <laughs> but that's the thing, I think it comes to the point where a, a game, really, I mean, you're there to, I mean, it is a shooter, you're there just to shoot things. Uh, oh, God, Although, yeah. although a, a story makes it more compelling and you do follow down a route, I think Doom was the kind of game that could easily get away with that because... Yeah, totally. Whereas others can't. Stories didn't really become important to shooters until Half-Life. Yeah. Mm. Half-Life showed what you could do with a plot in a shooter. Before that, it, it was neither here nor there. Doom was the archetypal throw a shitload of monsters at you in cleverly designed levels. Mm. Which is a game where we have to go back to giving Romero credit. He did a lot of the level design for Doom. Oh, right. So he, he's, he's responsible for the big pink pulsating walls. and uh, He didn't necessarily do the art, actually. Uh-huh. That was done by a lot of other people. Uh, but he did the designs, the layouts. Gotcha. You know, this trap, that puzzle, he was responsible for that element of it. Uh-huh. And, um... Quake engines and puzzles can quite neatly together as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the Doom engine was a bit revolutionary at the time. It, the Wolfenstein 3D engine, of course, was really revolutionary. I mean, real-time, three-dimensional map exploration was brand new. Yeah. But Doom added to that in a lot of ways. I mean, in Wolfenstein 3D... There was no lighting. The entire level was one constant light level. You could have a dark level throughout the entire level, or a light level throughout the entire level, but you couldn't have a dark room. Mm. Which in Doom, of course, you could, and they used that to great effect. There were, yeah, yeah. And of course, it could change the lighting dynamically. You hit a switch and the lights go off, which never been done before. Yeah. Rooms could be of different heights. So you could have tall, epic chamber and small, claustrophobic corridor. Wolfenstein 3D, every wall was the same height. The entire level was the same height. Really? Yeah. Uh, Doom also had changing heights, so you could have a a lift taking you up from one level to another. Yeah. That was new. And, yeah, so basically a lot of these things were brand new. What it couldn't do is overlapping rooms. You could not have one room above another. Yeah. It's a 2D game in a lot of ways. You could play this as a top-down, because if you put on the map, you do see a vertex um, display of the level. Yeah. And there's no overlapping, because that wasn't possible. So it's a 2D map represented in 3D, unlike, of course, Quake and everything after that, which became true three-dimensional. Yeah. But it was quite impressive. Yeah. At its time, it was very impressive. There was hardware out there that couldn't run it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get on to that later, now, but isn't it, really? remember I was telling you about the Panasonic 3DO, the CD-driven so. console that was one of the first CD-driven ones that was meant to be really impressive. Yeah, Doom on that ran in a small window with a border because it couldn't actually handle the rendering. <laughs> in- interestingly, the Super Nintendo could, but the 3DO couldn't. Oh dear, which is quite depressing. But yeah, I mean, another thing they did was a completely different way of doing the artwork. A lot of the monsters in Doom aren't hand-drawn. They're sculpted out of latex models, clay models, whatever, and then photographed at different rotations and digitised, which is why they look so good for the time. And the same is true of the weapons. Oh, good, a car alarm. That's just what we need for the more professional podcast, isn't it? (laughs) 
Yeah. It's doom, it's hell on earth, it's it's chaotic. We can, yeah. We can... I, I think all hell has opened up on us today. Yeah. What but... cat vomit and car alarms is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, the pistol in Doom and the shotgun and uh, the plasma gun, they're all toy guns from Toys R Us that they've just ah. taken photographed themselves playing with and digitised. Um, the BFG, of course, is hand-drawn and the chain gun is yeah. hand-drawn, but those ones are photographed. And they got really silly with this digitisation. There was um, one day when one of the employees came into work and he'd had a bit of an accident he had this big gouge on his leg and they photographed it digitised it and turned it into a wall texture for one of the hell levels <laughs> oh god so when you see this vent and this gash in the wall you're actually seeing um oh dear <laughs> perfectly digitised <laughs> and you know there was loads of these sort of backroom stories there was uh, there was a Mormon working on this Sandy Peterson one of the employees at id is a Mormon mm-hmm and there's a famous conversation with Romero where Romero's like, so, so you're a Mormon? Yeah. But you're not like a card-carrying Mormon or anything. Yeah, I've got my card right here. Okay, but it's not like you take it to the level where you wear the vestments and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. And he pulls up his T-shirt and he's got his Mormon vestments on in, in Doom office. And Romero's like, so you don't have a problem with working on a game like this with all this satanic imagery and demons? And, <laughs> and he's like, well, no, they're the bad guys. Yeah. He's the one who points out, you're fighting demons. I'm a Mormon. I, I'm perfectly okay with fighting demons. <laughs> That's fine. That's good. Now, if only the church these days, and any well, any sort of group these days, didn't have that problem with Yeah. I mean, it's a really forward-thinking attitude, that one. Like, well, the demons are the bad guys. Obviously, it's, it's pro-God. Well. There's satanic imagery in the places where the bad guys live. And the bad guys are demons of hell. Therefore, it's pro-Christian, because it's fighting demons and fighting well, Satan. fighting them. Okay, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, the stress-induced narcoleptic who worked on Doom. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh. So, because, of course, Doom, when it first came out with um, stereo sound, was a big thing, when you could hear the monsters moving around in the next room, and the dark lights and the strobing lights... It was a very stressful game, more so than perhaps anything that had come before. Mm. And he kept passing out during playtesting <laughs> oh, sessions. Dear. We shouldn't laugh. We, well, no, we should. Because id Software, used rather than... Used him as a guinea pig. Well, uh, partially that, but more to the point, when he did pass out, and they found him passed out in the office, well, what would you do if you were working on a game and one of your colleagues kept passing out all over the place? I'd draw on him. <laughs> You're not far off. Oh. They used duct tape to make outlines. Wherever he fell, they would outline it. <laughs> and they would never take the outlines up, so the office was just covered in outlines of the guy. <laughs> oh, God. Did they tell him what they were? I'm sure well, yeah. I well, he, he woke up in the outlines. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I'm sorry. And that's sorry, what happens when you have a bunch of kids working on games. Yeah, you know? I mean, I've, I've seen it myself. I've worked in an office where a guy used to fall asleep under the table because he'd worked such late nights and, you know, come in, in the morning and still be asleep. <laughs> and it's what the atmosphere of these places is like and do more than anything because it was all kids there was no professional business attitude going on at all you know these guys had started in a shared house in Louisiana that was leaking and made one of the best known games of all time <laughs> a team game team made game yeah pretty yes. much good or early 20s that's You're good for that's kids <laughs> yeah and you know we're talking kids who before they were my age, walked into a Ferrari dealership and bought two matching Ferraris for cash. Where did they learn all how to do it then? Did they just... I mean, I don't know anything about them, so... Uh, Carmack was very much self-taught. Yeah. Like I say, he obtained a computer from his school. Oh, yeah. With, with a thermite compound burning out the lab window and half-inching it. <laughs> and I think he, he got in a lot of trouble for that at the time. And Romero, again, was self-taught. I mean, this was the days when you bought a magazine for a computer and it included code listings on how to make a simple game. So you just copy them out. But I, and people like Carmack and Romero, would then look at these code and rather than just let it run, say, well, now how can we change this? And that's how we taught ourselves programming in the first instance. I'm not comparing myself to John Carmack and yeah, John yeah. Romero by, <laughs> by any means, but we're... a not quite of the same generation, but close enough that I've got a shared experience on how they got into it. Yeah. And it would be that thing of you'd, you'd then tweak the code and work out what it was doing 
and then you'd start writing your own games from the logic you were picking up from these magazine listings and things. And they wrote some very simple shareware games. I mean, you can go way back to the Commander Keen era and look at where they got started. Simple side-scrollers. And then they just moved on from there, and Carmack just happened to have a brain the size of a planet (laughs) and was able to work out how to do a 3D rendering engine before anyone else, and he did Wolf. And then from there, he said, well, I could could do more with this. I could make it better. And then made the Doom engine and then had a complete rethink and thought, well, why don't we just think in three dimensions and made Quake? And from there on in... It's just exploded to the point where now video card companies are actually asking Carmack for advice. Jesus Christ. He's had a lot of say in the driver development for, I think it's for NVIDIA. They send him the hardware and ask what to do with it. So he's a big brain in that field now. That's fair enough. So yeah, they started off pretty much self-taught. Yeah. Very impressive. Very envious. Yeah, and uh, they employed like a mate who did art to do the art, and he really loved doing Doom, because this guy was a bit messed up in the head. Okay. Uh, he worked in a mortuary, and a lot of the art he was doing for his own fun was of mutilated bodies and impaled bodies and demonic hellsport and visions. So when he's doing Wolf 3D, of course, he's toning himself down. And then they tell him to do the art for Doom, and, uh, well, (laughs) that suits him. Let's just put it that way. Worrying, but good at the same time. Good artist. Some of the best graphics of the era, really. Some of it's still disturbing to this day. More so Doom 2. I think he got unleashed even more on Doom 2 art-wise than on Doom. Really? Yeah, I mean, you start to look at things like the icon of Sin at the end of Doom 2. The giant wall-sized goat's head with Romero's severed head in it. That's pretty sick. Yeah. (laughs) But even Doom had the impaled bodies and the blood-dripping walls and, yeah. Yeah, God. This takes us back. It does. So, (laughs) we know a little bit about the team in it, and this is the kind of game where, um, up until version 1.4 of Doom, there was a giant swastika on some of the art files, but they removed that so they could get it sold in Germany. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) And in... um, But how did that get sold in Germany? I know. How the hell did that get sold in Germany at all? Same principle of it's not humans. Ah, yeah. You know, there's but no blood would have been green, wouldn't it? And yeah. yeah. Uh, but with the swastika in it, no amount of yeah. green blood would get it sold. Uh, probably should... Uh, I don't think we've explained this before. But I know we've mentioned that there's a bit of a problem with the games thing in Germany. Yeah. I don't think we've actually explained it fully, is that uh, Germany's censorship laws on video games are tight, to say the least. Yeah, no Point. Nazi imagery. So none of the Wolfenstein games have ever sold that. Yep. Amongst, well, many other games that feature Nazis, because they're a very popular bad guy. Yep. Uh, no human blood. Yep. Really? All, all, yeah, you're not allowed to show red blood. You're well, not allowed you're to show... Oh, oh, my God. Absolutely. No red blood in any video games in Germany. Uh, oh. Carmageddon turned all their victims into zombies and had green blood. And in Doom, they were demons anyway, so it didn't matter what colour the blood was, so it was recoloured green. Because think... Doom had a lot of trouble because it had lakes of blood. Yeah, so it would be lakes of <laughs> plasma or something. Which was interesting because there were already lakes of plasma, so... Yeah. Yeah. What colour did that matter, then? Mm, green, I think. Green. Pro- probably the, s- the strongest, tightest law I can imagine with, with the, G- the German video game industry is that uh, you're not allowed in any um, FMVs or during any gameplay, uh, no humans are actually allowed to die. Mm-hmm. What? Any, any character that dies has to be as far from human as possible. Yep. As in all German games. In all, well, yep. in all games human, released in Germany. A human cannot die. I mean. No. So has, has to be any, as far from human So why is it just games then? Surely they could say anything in, in Germany if you see human die. Uh, no, I think it's just games because it's the interactivity and... It, yeah. yeah. Although, having said that, there have been recent studies, which I like, that say that a movie is worse than a video game when it comes to well, violence. because it's more realistic. No, no, not even for that. You could have the most realistic video game in the world, but it's not as bad. Because in a movie, you just turn your brain off and you watch and you get engaged in the storyline. With a game, you're always thinking about where the health is, where the ammo is, where you need to go next. You're not really focused on the death. Yeah. You're in control and you're doing other things. And they said that actually lessens the impact of the violence. Yeah. Than just sitting there and watching a movie and getting engrossed and going, wow, his head's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) But in a video game, you go, his head's on fire, now where the fuck do I go next? Yeah. So you don't think about it. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I, thought, I, think we should, I think we should laugh now at the Church of England. Okay, three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> and I assume we're laughing because of the resistance fall of man madness? Well, in general, but yes, mostly because of resistance fall of man. Yeah, which if anyone uh, doesn't you, know... Have you heard about this, Rob? Including I'm afraid Rob. I haven't, though. Right. right, Manchester Cathedral have 
thrown a huge shit fit because in Resistance, Fall of Man, yeah, which is a game set during the 1950s. I've never played it, but I'm assuming just based on pictures that it's a game set in the 1950s in which aliens landed and it's set in Britain. I don't know about the 1950s, but yes, you're fighting aliens. Yeah, and in one level, certainly, you're fighting them in Manchester Cathedral. And there's one in Cheddar Gorge as well, which I've written. Yeah. I, I now really want to play that game. And, and really? they've thrown a shit fit, oh Manchester Cathedral, because they said violent video games set in our cathedral. How dare they? And apparently they didn't get any uh, permission, although Sony have said they got all the permission they thought they needed. Yeah, because so the, the point is a building doesn't need to give its permission to be depicted. It, I don't know, I think it's the, there's a certain law there because it's it's owned by the church, which something or other. If it was a public building, but... No, no, I, I, I'm telling you now. Okay. Uh, it uh, goes along with photography laws. Okay. So obviously I'm a little bit up on that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> any imagery you can take from a public space where there's no expectation of privacy, fair game. So their recording of the exterior of the church, absolutely fair game. The interior, admittedly, now the problem is they couldn't photograph it without permission, but I think they have the permission to photograph it. Yeah. The, the church is arguing is that the recreation is illegal, and a recreation of a building is fine. Buildings are not subject to intellectual property laws. They're not subject to consent laws because they're buildings. They can't say no. Yeah. Uh, so really there is no legal grounding for this it's just the church saying it's violent and we're the church fuck off yeah this is what I thought because as soon as I, I heard this I, I, the first quote that came from me was yes god forbid that both Christianity and Manchester get linked to violence mm. <laughs> well actually that is part of the church's complaint is they're saying we have a gun crime problem in Manchester yeah. we don't want to see ourselves connected to anything that glorifies gun crime and I'm like it glorifies gun crime against invading aliens I doubt well when, when the aliens land and Manchester teens go around shooting them... Yeah. You will thank us. Well, look yeah. at the kids on Independence Day. The kids who were shooting more aliens than the soldiers. Because they're trained with light gun games. I forget Independence Day. You probably... I oh, know there's Mars Attacks anyway. Oh, right, yeah. Sorry, a good film. And Mars Attacks, the kids were running around with the guns, having trained with the light gun game, and shooting more aliens than the soldiers are. Mm. Um, can I ask, do you know what happens uh, in, uh, involving this cathedral then? I mean, are aliens inside this cathedral? Or? Yeah, well, this is mm -hmm. a level where you're running around and you go inside the cathedral and you're shooting up aliens. So, really, I think they'd probably want to shoot the aliens if they're in their cathedral. I mean, it's fine if they're being depicted in aliens in a cathedral, oh my god. But... Surely, if it's about the defence of our of our kind, then surely it's a good thing. Yeah, you would have thought. Um, Christianity would back, you know, saving man, the whole... You would have thought. Yeah, you would have thought. thought. But no, it's violent and it's in our church, so we don't want it. But anyway, we're getting a bit off topic. Yeah, sorry, I just thought I'd bring that up. Well, from the subject of video game censorship, which is probably yes. a, a bit of a hot button with Doom. Yeah, well, it was. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Wolfenstein 3D was actually the first game to have a voluntary age rating on it. Oh. It themselves said this is a bloody violent game and they put a big screen on it at the front saying this is PG-13. Yeah. You know, don't play it if you're too young. Long before any official censorship laws came in, it actually self-censored. Hmm. So it was incredibly it's controversial. Obviously, it's been linked from everything up to Columbine. Yeah. You know, it, it, it has that controversial element to it. I'm saying, Wolfenstein was the one where you fought Hitler in a giant exosuit at the end, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Very realistic. But, um... Anyway, on to Doom itself. Storyline. Mm. Storyline, pretty simple. There was one? There was one. Okay. Yeah. Now, the story is that the U Union Aerospace Corporation has a facility on the Martian moons of Phobos and Deimos, which are the, the two Martian moons that I can name. I don't know if there are any. No, it's those. just those two. Now, I don't know what Phobos means, but I know Deimos means, like, the dark... The Dread, so it's quite well named for this. And Phobos, I believe, has something to do with the sun, because Pho is... Oh, as in the same root as Photon. And I think it's Greek or Latin or something like that. Might well be. but No, no, it's Greek, because the Latin is Helio. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And the principle is, Deimos has disappeared, the moon has just gone. Looking and, and, pho oh, and Phobos, yeah. we've lost contact with it. So the Union Aerospace Corporation, formerly, uh, here to refer to as UAC. Yeah send off a bunch of marines to investigate what's happened on Phobos. Everyone dies bar one guy. You are that one guy. The nameless one. The nameless one, Doom Guy, as he's most commonly referred to as. Yeah. So Doom Guy is in the UAC complex on Phobos and finds out that all of the workers have been turned into zombies. Poor Doom Guy. Now, this is where Doom 3, you know, the storyline was pretty similar... Yeah. at this point, although they hadn't lost contact at the start of Doom 3. 
you actually see it happening, which I quite liked. Yeah. But in Doom, it's already happening. And you're running around, and there's these zombie guys, and then you meet the imps. Oh, okay. I remember that there was a, a bit in the, the, the manual, which because I couldn't remember what these things were called. They were just mm. these, these big, horrible monsters that they took fireballs at. And there was a, a bit in the manual that said, Imps are supposed to be little fellows wearing pyjamas and carrying sacks. Yep. So who the fuck are these big brown bastards? Yep, that's exactly what it says, pretty much word for word. Uh, And, yeah, that's when you realise that things have got a little bit shitty Mm -hmm. on Phobos. So you're fighting your way through, and I've actually got the name of the areas here that you fight your way through. So the buildings that make up the UAC complex on Phobos. You start off in the hangar, Mm -hmm. where you land. Yep. And you work your way through the nuclear plant, the toxin refinery, command and control, the Phobos lab, central processing, and the computer station, which are all UAC compounds, until you reach the first bit of the game that isn't a UAC compound, the Phobos anomaly, which is the jump gate between Phobos and Deimos. And that's where you meet your first big boss character. Which would be... The first big boss character were the two Hell Barons. They're the goat-legged demons mm. that throw the green plasma out of their hands. Um, yeah, I remember that. Bruiser Brothers, they were referred to as by id, because it was the two of them and they were twins. That's and they were the Bruiser Brothers. Uh, supposedly in reference to the Hammer Brothers in Mario. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and there's also oh, the military... Them go at it together. Yeah. <laughs> there is also a military base uh, in Knee Deep in the Dead, which is the first chapter, and that's the secret level. But I'm not going to tell anyone how to get there. Okay. Can you tell us what's in there? Um, more bad guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> As is generally the tradition with uh, Doom, I feel. <laughs> so you've reached the Phobos anomaly, and you've beaten the Hell Barons, and that jumps you off to Deimos. And that takes you to Chapter 2 of Doom, the Shores of Hell. Because you find that Deimos the Moon is still there, it still exists, it's just now floating above the entrance to Hell itself. It's a bit of a problem. Hmm. And yeah. Hell has started to corrupt the UAC base on Deimos. So the levels change from being this kind of high-tech world to being a little bit corrupted, the sort of fleshy walls, blood Bio-organic walls. organic kind of things. Yeah. Very event horizon. Very. And there's sort of vine-covered areas, and there's lakes of blood. And it's getting a bit dark at this point. Or, or plasma if you're in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and it's getting a, a, a little bit worrying. And interestingly, at the end of each level in Doom, you see a map of the overview of where you are, the Phobos colony or the Deimos colony or whatever it is. It changes when you're on Deimos. Every level you complete, a little bit more of the last level is built, because the demons are building a Tower of Babel on Deimos. Right. Well, the only reason we call it a Tower, tower of Babel is because that's what the level is called, the final level where you get there. All right. So you arrive on Deimos, it's overrun by demons, it's all hellishly warped and disturbed, and you start off at the Deimos Anomaly again. It's not a UAC-based part, it's an alien area. And then you get into the containment area then into the refinery, into the Deimos lab, their command centre, through the halls of the damned, spawning bats, and then you reach the Tower of Babel. And that's where you hit the boss for this guy. And that's where the Cyberdemon appears, because you thought the Cyberdemon didn't come in until Doom 2. I assumed as much, yeah. No, this is where he is. He's actually the second boss of three for the original Doom. He's not even the worst boss. Okay. But the Cyberdemon is a nasty guy who we'll come on to it later because I've got a whole bit about all the bad guys uh, and yeah. all the weapons and stuff. And from uh, the Tower of Babel, you can actually get down into hell itself. You know, we can't imagine why he'd want to. But... No, he does seem to be spoiling for a fight, doesn't he? The yeah. big guy. <laughs> it's like, well, no one here can stop me, so I'll go to hell. Yeah, yeah. A Cyberdemon killed him. <laughs> Maybe they got some actual challenge in hell. <laughs> so, so Doom Guy, for reasons all his own, decides to descend down into hell. Oh, sorry, going back a bit. Fortress of Mystery, secret level. Uh-huh. In, uh, again, we're not going to say chapter. No, uh, but it is, again, just full of more bad guys. Oh, They're just places to kill. Hooray. So you descend into the depths of hell itself in the chapter, the third chapter of Doom, Inferno. Named after Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. Quite fittingly. And if you don't believe me, well, have a look at some of the the level names in Inferno. Because you start in the Hell Keep, and then you go into the Slough of Despair, then you reach Pandemonium. Uh Uh-huh. And then you go through the House of Pain. 
So from Pandemonium to a, a rap group, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Then into the Unholy Cathedral. Then Mount Erebus, which is interesting because there was a place in Inferno called Erebus. Yeah, but it wasn't a mountain. It was a no, pit of it was fire pit. and death. And... But there is a Mount Erebus in the Antarctic. Really? And there is also a crater called Erebus on Mars, which, considering this is all Martian, mm-hmm. that all ties together. And then you hit Limbo, and finally Dis. Ah, uh, Dis. My, yeah, I thought my, you might know. My, my favourite place in all of Dante's Inferno, where they, they take heretics. Favourite place where you take the holiday trip. Well, there. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it just sounds like your most classic version of hell, maybe apart from Erebus, which was, you know, burning lakes of fire. It was take a heretic, put them in a coffin, set fire to it. And it's just fields of burning coffins. This was also, wasn't it the capital city of hell in Inferno? Uh, It's it's the largest city in hell, according to Inferno. And this is also, I believe, a band. No, probably. And the Warrens are the secret level here. But in this is where you face the final bad guy, having battled your way through hell itself. Mm -hmm. And it's the Spider Mastermind, (laughs) which is the weirdest looking bad guy in Doom. Yeah. And Doom 2. I don't care, it's the weirdest looking one. It's a giant brain with a big smiling mouth in a metal tray that has robot legs Believe and I a giant it's... chain gun on the front. I don't think I ever got that far. <laughs> it's it's a fucker. I do not like the Spider Mastermind. Very, very hard fight. Pretty much the best way to do it is to get all the other bad guys on the level to fight it. You can do that? <laughs> oh yeah, in Doom you can get creatures to fight each other. There was a very simple bit of AI, this is quite fun actually, that bad guys in Doom would attack the last thing that did them damage. Right. So if you run and arrange yourself so an imp is facing you, and behind you is, say, a cacodemon. Yeah. And as the imp throws the fireball, you dodge it and it hits the cacodemon. The cacodemon will go after the imp. Mm. And as soon as it hits the imp, the imp will start attacking the cacodemon. Exactly. So you can get the monsters to fight each other. Uh-huh. Which is one very good way to deal with the Bruiser Brothers if they had ever acknowledged fighting each other. Mm. But they don't. But this very simple bit of AI has a fantastic bug. If you've ever played a first-person shooter, you're familiar with the concept of the exploding barrel. Yes. Which started yeah. in Doom. <laughs> <laughs> the exploding barrel, when it does damage to someone actually passes on the ID of whatever caused it to blow up as whatever did damage. So if you blow up a barrel, any demon that will survive the explosion will come after you. Yeah. However, if you can arrange it so a demon will blow up the barrel with itself in the blast radius, it'll say the last thing that did me damage was me and commit suicide. (laughs) That's excellent. It's a great little bug. It's the suicide barrel trick. And it's awesome. (laughs) It's how to make the de- uh, demons commit suicide. How do they commit? Do they just shoot themselves or what? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever they would launch an attack, the attack instantly hits because it doesn't have to go anywhere, yeah. and it just deals itself damage and then drops dead. <laughs> Which is great. Blowing a barrel, putting the gun to its head, and saying, "You motherfucker!" And <laughs> yeah. dead. <laughs> so that's the end of Doom. But the Ultimate Doom added a fourth chapter: By Flesh Consumed. Now all of these levels are much harder. By Flesh Consumed is a fucker. I believe the entire first level doesn't even have any health packs on it. Uh-huh. It's not easy. And this is set back on Earth, having fought through Hell itself. Doom guy returns to Earth and finds the demons made it there before him, which sucks. And in uh, Thy Flesh Consumed, all of the levels are taken from Bible verses. So you've got hell beneath, perfect hatred, sever the wicked, unruly evil, they will repent uh, against the wickedly, and hell followed unto the cruel, and the secret level is just called fear. Mm. And they're all taken from Bible verses, my favourite of which being the, uh, the Revelation one. Revelation 6, 8, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death and hell followed with him. Mm-hmm. So that's where they get the name, and hell followed. And that's just, it's fucking difficult, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the whole of Thy Flesh Consumed is a nightmare, because uh, the levels were done by different guys at this point, I think, because Ultimate Doom was done quite a few years later, and they came in and they, they made it a bastard of a game. Mm. Hey, professionalism! We've lost Jack again. Hello. Bye, Jack. <laughs> But yes, mm-hmm. let's continue on regardless. Let's go without Jack, we don't need him. Uh, regardless. Really? We don't need him. No. <laughs> I, I have Rob, I don't need Jack. I am more Powell. <laughs> anyway, yes, you were saying. Yes, well... Different guys. That's, that's Doom. Um, really, that's the, the whole of Doom, up to the Ultimate Doom. Yeah. And Ultimate Doom, the fourth chapter, by Flash Consumed, is actually a prequel to Doom 2. So, uh, well, 
was there any, any events that were suggested that it, that it would be the sequel then? Or? Um, mostly the fact that Doom Guy got to Earth. Yeah. Because Doom 2 kicks off on Earth. And Doom, before the addition of the fourth chapter, finishes in hell. Right. So it's like, well, that's a bit of a jump from <laughs> one to the other. So they made Thy Flesh Consumed, where Doom Guy makes it back to Earth and finds Earth is now hell on Earth. Yeah. So what kind of an arsenal do you get to battle these bastards throughout this game? Because Doom had some, possibly the most satisfying lineup of weapons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, although Doom Doom 2 did have the double barrel shotgun which was awesome was that not in the original? was not in the original ah. it is in some versions of the original because they've been made since and they've added it back in uh. but the original Doom lineup, you had your fists with a, a little ring tab ring. knuckle duster it was only on one no no it was a brass knucks it was a full brass knucks damn it only looked like it was on one finger it was on all four fair enough why would a marine have brass knuckles? I don't know because he's the Doom guy and he's bastard hard <laughs> so you had your brass knucks, you had your pistol, which looked like it was based on a Beretta, just standard military issue yeah. pistol. Uh, shotgun, which we love. We love the boomstick. We do. The chain gun, which <laughs> is, it is a mini gun, let's mm. be honest, <laughs> which is awesome, mm. but seriously limited ammo. Good for crowd control, though. <laughs> it is, but it ate, it ate ammo like biscuits. Yes. The rocket launcher. Mm. Which was great. Tasty. Plasma gun. And finally, the BFG. The BFG. 9000. <laughs> the big fucking gun. It, it was pretty. BFG I mean, went through some revisions. Originally, it fired like a hundred small plasma bolts. And uh, they just dispersed in all directions. So it was like the plasma gun, but fired a hundred at once. Yeah. Uh, I think it was John Romero who said that changed because it looked like fucking Christmas. <laughs> And That's also, because right. even then, the engine couldn't quite handle a hundred weapon sprites at once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it turned into what we now all know, the giant green ball that shoots off laser beams as it goes. Yeah. Uh, the BFG is so satisfying. Wasn't there the chainsaw in Doom 1? I was just going to come to that. Ah, okay. And of course, it's the, yeah, the other alternative to your close combat weapon. Once you pick it up, you can't use the fists. Uh-huh. It replaces them. But you wouldn't want to, really. No, you wouldn't. The chainsaw. Which was actually based, it was a digitised um, McCullough Eager Beaver. That was the original model number of the chainsaw. Okay. And they chose, well, they chose that one mostly because Tom Hall could borrow it from his girlfriend. Oh, okay. But they also chose it because it looked a bit like the one in Evil Dead. Mm. He had a girlfriend with a chainsaw? Yes, his girlfriend had a chainsaw. Well, that's it for you, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose. I love that the shotgun was a, di- a digitised toy again, and, and the toy was called, the brand name of the shotgun was the Tootsie Toy Dakota. Oh, dear Lord. How cool is that? And, yeah, that was your, uh, your line-up. Uh, Doom 2 added the double barrel oh, shotgun, shotgun, which was very satisfying. And I, I don't know if you'd call it a weapon, but berserk mode. Ah. Because Berserk Mode was awesome. It was a pickup that ramped your health up. Did it make you invulnerable or did it give you 200% health? I think it I think it did one then the other. It like put you up to 200% health, made you invulnerable, but as soon as it came off, your 200% would start going start down. Started ticking down. I'm not entirely sure. And it made your punch like 50 yeah, I mean, times yeah, more powerful. Yeah. I mean, you could just take things down in a single punch. Did not it not improve everything. your weapons as well, or was it just. No, because you couldn't change weapons. Oh, yes. It forced you to use the fists. Yeah. And I think it could take down everything with one punch up to the demons, mm. the bull demons. Beyond that, you start having like two or three punches. And uh, Spider Mastermind, no, Cyber Demon can be taken down with, I think, 27 punches from the Berserk oh, Mode Fist. Fuck. <laughs> That's how tough the Spider Demon is. And of course, whenever you punch something that took one punch uh, with Berserk Mode, they gibbed instantly, turned into blood and chunks, which is very satisfying. <laughs> and probably another reason why it wasn't popular in Germany. Mm. Probably. But you see a lot of shooters that I think Doom um, is like one of the few that is actually really satisfying when you blow the shit into someone. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I can't really think of an example, but, you know, there's some people that hit the floor and they just go and they vanish. Yeah. But Doom, it gets perfect kind of... Yeah. And different (laughs) demons scream differently as they die, and some of them are really satisfying. (laughs) Well, let's look at those bad guys. You've got your standard zombie. You got your zombie sergeant who has a shotgun. Yep. <laughs> I never thought that. <laughs> what are the normal ones? have green hair, don't they? Yeah. And the sergeant is bold, or um, I can't remember. I know it does vary with version. Okay. Some of them they just have slightly darker trousers, 
Fair enough. <laughs> Got your imp, which yeah. is your brown spiky fireball thrower. Now, if you look into the backstory, apparently what they do is they actually spit into their hand and their mucus catches fire in the atmosphere. Uh, and then they throw that, which is interesting. So an imp is a demon or is it a possessed person? Or? Uh, imp is a type of demon. Right. Unfortunately, using the word demon gets complicated because the next bad guy up is just the demon. Right. But more commonly referred to as a pinky. <laughs> ah, yes. Yinton, 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 you like. Yep. You will, you will understand later. Uh, also known as the bull demon. Because uh, it had the bull horns and the big bulky body and it charged you like a bull. Yeah. Uh, pinkies were awesome. Yeah. Well, and they, they were, were invisible pinkies. Pinky. Oh, yes. They were the spectres. They were just like pinkies, but they, you, like the predator, you only saw them as a distortion. They were evil. <laughs> uh, then you get the Baron of Hell, the goat-legged Satan, traditional-looking Satan-type character, actually, yeah. that throws green plasma at you out of his hand. I did not like those. Plasma. The Cacodemon, mm-hmm. which is a floating red ball with one big eye and horns who belches ball lightning. If you've seen... Well, if you've ever played D&D, you'll know what a Beholder is. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, it's a Beholder, but without eye stalks. No, it's not. No? No, this is really interesting. I've got it somewhere. Um... If you've played D&D, take a look at the illustration for the Astral Dreadnought. If you take away the body of the Astral Dreadnought and just leave its head, that's a cacodemon. Huh. Exactly. This was only brought to my attention whilst I was researching this, but it actually looks exactly like an Astral Demon's head. Hmm. So it's sort of a combination between a Beholder and a Astral, Astral Dreadnought. Dreadnought. See, I, I never have thought there was D&D influences in Doom. Well, like I said, they, they're huge yeah. D&D fans. Yeah, well, they are. Well, the cacodemon itself, the name is... It's a spell in D&D. Mm. Is it? Yeah, Cacodemon is um, one of the spells in D&D. So there are quite a lot of D&D references. But yeah, Cacodemons are bastards. Floaty, bitey. But they they do die nicely. Uh, They hiss when they see you as well. Which is quite disturbing. (laughs) Then you've got the Lost Souls, the burning horned skulls. Oh yeah. They don't attack you in any way apart from Kamikaze. (laughs) They just throw themselves at you. And then they glow up. And then they they lose. No, absolutely. (laughs) Lost Souls. (laughs) The Cyber Demon, hey. possibly the most recognisable Doom bad guy, the giant, bull-headed, horned demon with one leg replaced by a robot leg and one arm replaced by a rocket launcher and a torso ripped open to reveal its entrails. He's a happy fella. One of only two Doom uh, bad guys who actually has audible footsteps. Huh. It's uh, that and the Spider Mastermind. Fair enough. Hmm. And speaking of the Spider Mastermind, like I said earlier, giant brain with teeth and robot legs. It sort of makes this horrible metallic shuffling when it walks, which I hate. <laughs> it's um, one of those things that just sets you off. And the Spider Mastermind is female. Ah. It's the only Doom creature ever given a gender in the literature. Okay. Doom 2, the literature refers to Spider-Demon as she. The most powerful spiders are female, though, aren't they? So, this is true, she's the queen spider. Because so, yeah. if you look at Doom 2, they introduce the Arachnotron, which is just a mini um, spider mastermind with a plasma gun. <laughs> and she is the mother of the Arachnotrons. She was also the mastermind of the invasion of Phobos and Deimos. Ah. So she is the final bad guy, unless you're playing Ultimate Doom. In which case, who is the final bad guy? Uh, I can't remember. No one's ever got that far. <laughs> <laughs> <It's too hard. laughs> the levels are that difficult. Um, but no, I can't remember. But one of the things they did, which was a real fucker, was the Cyber Demon and the Spider Mastermind were both immune to splash damage. Ah. So if you wanted to hit them with a rocket launcher, it had to be dead on, which was an absolute fucker, because they didn't tell you that ever. Uh, you just had to work it out. So if you're just blasting them with rockets and you're aiming at the floor because of splash damage, ain't going to hurt them. Well, you wouldn't shoot at the floor because you couldn't aim up or down. But yeah, <laughs> the true. wall next to them, then you're not going to hurt them because they don't get touched by splash damage. Anyway, um, I think we've covered it quite nicely in terms of plot, bad guys, all of that lot. Mm-hmm. What platforms is it available on? It's another big list. It is. It is available on the PC. Of course. As a DOS game or a Windows game. Woo! It is available on Unix, one of the few that we've ever covered or ever will that is available on Unix. <laughs> uh, it was developed on NextApp, so it's yeah. originally a Unix game, if you want to look at it like that. It's available on Linux, available on the Apple Mac, available on the Acorn Risk OS. The what now? <laughs> exactly. It's an obscure platform. Yeah. Available on the ZX Spectrum, which amazed me. That's what I said was absolutely awful. Yes, but uh, on the ZX Spectrum, the Doom graphics are sub-Wolfenstein level. Ooh. Uh, available on the Atari Jaguar. 
Atari. Lovely. Yeah. The Sega 32X. The PlayStation. Okay. The Saturn. Saturn. Yes. <laughs> the SNES. The 3DO. Yeah. The 64. Nintendo 64, that yes. is, of course. The Game Boy Advance. It's available on the Tapwave Zodiac. Yeah. And it's available on the Xbox and the Xbox 360 as a live arcade download. Fantastic. And it either is or will be available on the Wii as a virtual console download. I've no yeah. doubt about that whatsoever. Yeah, most of my memories of Doom on the N64, I think. Mm. I never had it as a oh, So did you play Doom 64? I did, actually. Ah, well, interestingly enough, that's a completely different game. I, did, I played Doom 64. I think there was... Actually, no, I don't think there was the original one, I don't think. No, Nintendo 64 only had Doom 64, where a lot of the levels were redesigned, so it didn't have the same level structure at all. All of the weapons, pretty much, were redesigned, I think, apart from the BFG. Couldn't redesign that. No. It's too, it's too nice. Or so, yeah, bad. The, uh, <laughs> but interesting, the graphics on, I think it was on the Nintendo 64 version, were completely redone, much higher resolution. Yeah. Much prettier. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good version in a lot of ways. It's harder than the original. Yeah. Although I just remember it being uh, on the PC, because I remember borrowing it from a mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because that was legal, because it was yeah. shareware. Uh, and, um, yeah, in the 64, but that must have been Doom 64 then. Uh, yes, which I was going to come on to in a minute, but you've preempted me. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> no, it's all right, we've covered it now. <laughs> it's also unofficially available on various platforms, because they released the source code a few years back. All right. It became yeah. a completely public game. Oh, sweet. And... It was unofficially programmed for the Dreamcast, oh, right. the Nintendo DS, yeah. the PlayStation Portable, yeah. Pocket PC, mobile phones. It's even available on the iPod and the iRiver. <laughs> MP3 players. Oh, brilliant. I, I'm back now. I was Welcome just, back. We've just, just been covering the platforms. Yeah. Just had to let Rowan back into her own house. Yes. <laughs> and we also covered briefly, because Rob sort of segued into it, uh, Doom 64 on the Nintendo 64, ah. which is technically a completely different game. Really? New levels, new weapons, redone, new high-res graphics. Well, I, mean, I didn't really know what you were talking about. We'll explain it. But I did play the original on the PC as well, so yeah. it's fine. But a lot of the versions do deviate. I mean, the Jaguar version had redesigned the levels. The car? Atari Jaguar. Very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> the Atari Jaguar version generally had simpler levels, slightly simpler graphics. Uh, the 3DO version I covered earlier, it was awful. Played in a small, bordered window with uh, low frame yeah, rate. yeah. Uh, horrible, but it did have original remixed music, which was quite good. Because you don't get music in Doom, do you? Yes, you do. Do you? Oh, God, Not the legendary. versions I've played, then. It's legendary. I'll have to play you the music that we use. It's the opening theme. Because yeah. <laughs> it is very well known. Uh, in fact, a lot of it, you can look at it, look at the theme music on the Doom levels and say, oh, I know which Metallica song that's based off, or I know which Pantera song that's oh, based off. Oh, fantastic. Uh, they inf- they're influenced very heavily. Uh, but one of my favourite um, console conversions was the Sega 32X version. Because hmm. it had the most priceless bug. Playing the console version of Doom, if you use any of the cheats, at the end of the game, instead of getting the big screen that says, you've won, here's the plot, you get a C prompt from DOS. The Sega version crashes to DOS. Oh, God. Which is absolutely fantastic. And goes to tell you that they didn't actually recode the game for the Sega. They just found a way to run a DOS program on the Sega. It's a work, Conan! Technically, that means you could port any DOS game onto the Sega if they'd worked that out. Yeah. So why we didn't see a flood more ports of DOS games, I don't know. But fairly awesome. They just kept it secret and they just had that little hint that someone had worked it out at the very end of that game. Yep. <laughs> and the last thing that's worth talking about when it comes to Doom is how modifiable it was. Yeah? Yeah. Because I've, I've mentioned how it, it started a lot of things. I mean, it started the, the concept of deathmatch. Yeah. Because deathmatch, as a yeah. word, didn't exist before Doom. Hence they had the tournament, and John Romero entered wearing the, uh, the T-shirt that said, Doom made it <laughs> in his own tournament. But, oh, actually, Romero playing Doom. Is a legend in itself because it has it created the term. Well, it didn't create the term of smack talk because that already existed well, yeah. in professional sports, but it brought it to video gaming because back then video gamers were generally geeks and generally quite quiet and intense when they were playing. They just sort of focused on what they were doing. Romero, not so much. If you've ever played Xbox Live against a thirteen-year-old American, he he played like that. So, oh, God. oh shit! <laughs> no, no. Generally, they're quite good, okay. and that's why they're annoying. Hmm. the 13-year-olds on Xbox Live, because as much as you want to say you're a shitty little 13-year-old dickhead, 
they're typically better than you. Yeah. Which is really offensive. Because they have no lives. Because they have no lives. All the time training. Yeah, they don't have to do work and study like we do. Yeah, um, like, yeah. Like, like you and Rob do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I work, I study. So you can picture the scene of the I... first Doom tournament. Yeah. Oh. And a few rounds have gone past in complete silence. And then John Romero sits down against his opponent. And the first thing you hear on the first kill is, Yeah, suck it, bitch! <laughs> and he's just screaming offence at everyone throughout the entire tournament. Um, people used to gather around him in the id offices when they were making Doom, because before the sound effects went in, he would add them himself. You know, like when you played with a gun when you were a small child, yeah. and, and you're making the gun sound effects. Right, 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 right. Exactly, through, through the debug stages of Doom, when you, you fired a gun, it would, it would go, Kapow! No, <laughs> it would be silent. Oh. But when Romero was playing it, it would come to life, because he'd be there with the, with the chain going, <laughs> as he was playing. And oh, people, that's awesome. People just gather around watching him play, because it was a spectator sport. Um, oh. So, um, it introduced the concept of deathmatch, as I was saying. Started off the whole tournament thing. Mm. Started off Ethernet play, network play, as we know it. It brought on a whole new level of violence and atmosphere (laughs) and stereo sound used to good effect. I mean, it was fucking terrifying when you could hear something moving one way or the other. Another thing it did was it started mods. Because people had hacked Wolf 3D and added things in. And it had noticed this and said, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> why don't we do that again? Well, why don't we let them? <laughs> yeah. So they designed it so that graphics were in a separate file and the level designs were in a separate file. And they said, you can add to these. You can change them. You can do what the fuck you want. And so people would. And there are some very famous Doom conversions. There's the Aliens conversion, mm. which sadly started the term foxed. If a mod is foxed, it means the owner of the intellectual property has shut the mod down for copyright reasons. Mm. And the term exists because Fox owned the Alien franchise, mm. and they went to the guys making the Alien mod and said, we will sue. They went, oh, shit. <laughs> but if you've got an early version of the Alien mod, it's awesome. You know, you can, you, there's the loader and, and Aliens, and it's just, oh, it's great. <laughs> so a lot of them were really serious. There was, like, a Terminator conversion, and, and some were less serious. Okay. Substantially less serious. I mean... Uh, one of the recent ones I remember was just simply when you died, it replaced the screen with Oh! Because yeah. one of the most legendary piss tape mods was the Goon Show mod. Yeah. This is what you were referring to earlier. Do you know the Goon Show? No. Old Spike Milligan radio show. Oh, I think, yeah, I think. Utter yeah. surrealness. Yeah. Completely stupid. And basically, when the pinkies were walking around, this seemed to be all it did. When the pinkies were walking around, instead of making their sort of snuffling, snarly noise, they'd just go, yintang, 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 <laughs> Repeatedly. Right. And when you killed them. And then when you killed them, there'd just be the voice of Eccles going, He's fallen in the water. <laughs> and that was it. That was the whole mod. But it was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And there's so many mods for Doom. I mean... I want sport. Years ago, before the internet really took off, mm. and you could not in any way download this kind of volume of information. Easy to do now. But I once bought a CD that was just full of Doom and Doom 2 mods, and nothing else. Yeah, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of Doom and Doom 2 mods, there's that many. Mm. And that, that was by far and away not all of them. That was just the best 400. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it cost like five quid for 400. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was a good deal. Very good deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I say, this was before the internet really yeah. took off, so to download those would have taken me approximately five years. Uh, or <laughs> five quid. It would have been sort of like that, because the internet would have gone better. Yeah, the internet would have actually substantially improved by the time I'd finished downloading them at that speed. Uh, so it was much easier just to go out and buy the CD. Yeah. And there were mods of pretty much any intellectual property you can imagine. I think at one point there was a Duke Nukem mod in Doom. Oh, Duke Nukem was a great game. Yeah, some just taking the piss modded Duke Nukem into Doom, which didn't make a lot of sense. No. But yeah. <laughs> and there were new weapons, and people changed what the weapons did, and people made new levels, including, of course, famously, the guys who did the Columbine Massacre made levels. Really? Mm. Oh, God. That's why it got so inextricably linked. They were Doom fans. 
Uh, so obviously Doom made them kill people. And uh, apparently Doom was actually blamed, you know, for training to shoot a gun. I have a fundamental problem with this in that in Doom you didn't even aim up or down. At least in Quake, you aim up or down, and that gives you some concept of if you want to shoot something above you, you've got to aim up. Whoa! 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 I'm, whoa I'm, slow down. There are people out there who probably don't realise that. Mm. So that could train you in that respect. So, so the mod that the Columbine boys came up with, is any good? I don't know. Mm. And it wasn't really a mod, like I say, it was just new levels that they did. Yeah. Might well be. I mean, I used to make levels myself. It was so easy to make levels for Doom. Uh, unless you encountered Bad Juju. Which bad is, Juju. Which I believe is a character from Ghouls and Goblins. Or it's not an official name, but it's certainly what we called him. Yeah. Uh, but Bad Juju, because making a level in Doom was simple as... If you put pegs in a pegboard and then put a rubber band around them. Yeah. It's very simple, uh, very similar to that. Because they're just lines. You just draw lines on a 2D view. And then you select a line and say what texture you want it to be. Easy. That's how you make a level in Doom. Not hard. So everybody could do it. Which is why there were so many. I mean, this is something that has changed. If you try and make a level for Quake, it gets harder. A level for Half-Life 2 is a lot harder. Mm. There's so much more detail now. And there's so many more tricks of the trade to get it to look as good as it does, that it's getting so difficult. Which is why I'm so excited about John Carmack's id Tech 5. Yeah. Because it could potentially make it easy again. If it is as simple as saying, you know, just go in and carve this out of that chunk and it works, you know, we could start to see the mod revolution take off again. And as much as I can decry the mods for Doom and say they were all a bit shitty, because a lot of them were, mm. 99% of them were, Without that, the mod culture wouldn't have taken off. Without that, Valve wouldn't have given a shit about mods. And Counter-Strike wouldn't exist. Mm. So it's a fairly significant thing. And so we come back round to Smack Talk again. <laughs> so we come back round to Smack the, Talk. The home, if it were. If and 13-year-olds. <laughs> so that's uh, Doom. Legend in its own lunchtime. And in many school lunchtimes when I was at school. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what, guys? What's that? I want to play Doom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So do I. So let's go and see if we can play Doom. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Oh, and thanks to the mini bosses for the music, as yes, ever. Thank you. And thank you. And thank, thank you, for you for listening. And, and me, Rob, for turning up. And you, Rob, for turning up. Although you didn't mean to. Yes, it did. Stumbled in by accident. Sure. I, I really meant to come. Yeah, it's true. We did invite him. So, write us, please. Please. Review us. And someone answer my question about Doom from last episode. I'll give you my answer. Which is, the head could explode, certainly, if you got gibbed with enough damage. Uh, so that animation exists. You didn't imagine the animation. Right. But I can't actually tell you if it happened as an idle animation when you died. I'll have to look that up myself for you for next week. Fair enough. Cool. But yes, please write. I know I know. we've abandoned you for a week. Uh, but you don't have to get all annoyed about it. No, you don't. And really, <laughs> it, it means you've had two weeks to write to us and haven't. I haven't. It's horrible. But anyway, until next time. And again, well, I think we should, we should thank Captain Salami for, for reviewing. Yes, thank you for reviewing us. Thank you, Salami Head. We may not agree 100% with what you have to say, but it's your opinion. And I hope you enjoyed today without a crap section, even if we probably talk more crap than we usually would have. Unplanned crap. Yes. Spontaneous crap is the way to go. It is. Until next week, I'm Simon. I'm Jack. And I'm Rob the Lord of Power. Hey.